Assalamualaikum. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reality. Today, we're going to be talking about the first Millennium Development Goal, which is to eradicate extreme poverty and hunger. I am your host for today, Aisha Noor Alisha, along with two of my friends, Alisa Sofia and Anna Nonabila. According to the MDG Monitor, recent gains in Millennium Development Goal 1 have seen a number of hungry people in the world decrease to fewer than 1 billion, though the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations believes that this number is still unacceptably high. But today we're going to focus on talking about urban poverty. Urban poverty is a topic that is very alarming, yet not a lot of people choose to talk about it. The Star Malaysia quoted that although urban poverty in Malaysia is not a serious phenomenon, it is far more harsh and extreme than rural poverty. People living in urban poverty are those who are forced to live in a city to make a living but they live on minimum wage. Before we proceed on introducing the host, here are some tips to save money during COVID-19. So, the first tip is plan your meals. Creating a weekly menu and planning your meals in advance can help you budget more effectively. Besides, having a better idea of how much you'll spend, it can help prevent yourself from impulsively buying food. The next tip is plan your visits to the grocery store. Chances are you're at home much more and using the internet a lot more too. And while you're shopping at the store, consider buying store brand items instead of the more expensive name brands. And the last tip is take advantage of the aid programs. There are many relief programs that the government has implemented in response to the COVID-19 virus. If you owe money on a student loan, there are programs to help you defer payments. Have a small business? You might be able to take a low interest or forgivable loan to keep your business afloat. So that's all for the tips to save money during COVID-19. Thank you so much, Anna, for those handy tips. Right now, I'd like to humbly introduce our guest speakers from Hunger Hurts Malaysia. Hunger Hurts is both a youth organization and a social enterprise which dedicates itself to ending urban poverty in all major cities in Malaysia, one city at a time. They were established in 2016 with one simple goal in mind. They wish to systematically reduce the rate of rural and urban poverty in Malaysia by using a three-pronged strategy. One that compromises the provision of basic necessities, education and skills training, and lastly, shedding light on the issue of poverty and world hunger. Today, we have two representatives from Hunger Hurts Malaysia. They are Faiz Hazim, who is the president of Hunger Hurts, along with Tia Nora, who is the treasurer of Hunger Hurts. Without further ado, Alisa Sofia will be starting with the first segment of this podcast. We sure are super excited to have Faiz and Tia from Hunger Hurts to talk to us about urban poverty. But before we start introducing the guest speakers, we would like to give out a little PSA for all of you listeners out there during this pandemic time. According to the Malaysian Journal of Psychiatry, there had been an upsurge in anxiety disorder, PTSD and depression during the verge of this pandemic crisis. Therefore, it is important to know that taking care of our mental health is just as vital as taking care of our own physical health. Do not be afraid of reaching out. These people are here to help you. Know that you are enough and you will get through this. In addition to that, remember to maintain proper hygiene and practice social distancing whenever you're out in public. 
Okay, first and foremost, I would like to say hi to Miss Tia and Mr. Faiz. So, how are you guys today? Yeah, hi, we're good. good. <laughs> mm -hmm, thank you so much for joining. So, let's start with our first segment. Um, so, Mr. Faiz, yep. you are the president and also the co-founder of Hunger Hurts. Yes, correct. All right, may we know what made you so drawn to start this NGO? Uh, okay, so very good question. So maybe I'll give the short answer and maybe if you guys need more info, I'll, I'll talk a bit more. So um, Hungus was actually started in 2016, in June 2016, when I was, I think, 23 years old. So uh, it started when uh, doing a very tough phase in my life. Um, I've never said, uh, you know, explained this publicly, um, but, but I started Hunger Heads during, uh, during a time when I faced depression because, because of the loss of my father. So um, because of that, uh, you know, my financial situation was, was also quite problematic. So uh, there was, I can't remember what day it was exactly, but um, I sort of like imagined, I had only pennies at the time in my pocket. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that, okay, I'm in depression now. I only have pennies in my pocket, but at least I still have a roof, uh, you know, to stay under. Mm -hmm. So what about those who are living on the streets, right? What would they be feeling, uh, you know, if they face depression? So it would be, logically, it would be um, two times as worse. So mm -hmm. um, I we sort of like gathered funds with, with a friend of mine and we went to the streets in KL. Mm -hmm. So it was... <clears throat> Um, I think what really inspired me to start it was when the first time that I came um, and really observed the situation myself, uh, it's, it's much worse than what you see on, on TV, you know? Mm -hmm. Usually uh, what you see on TV, it's, it's, a, it's a bit romanticized, you know, there's just a few pockets of homeless people here and there. But what I observed was totally different. There were literally hundreds of homeless people uh, you know, lying in the streets, and, and that really inspired me to start hundreds. Right? Mm -hmm. <coughs> that is a very a tragic story that ended well, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. Okay, <laughs> so um, in 2014, the government had temporarily banned all soup kitchens that were used to feed the homeless. So mm -hmm. what are your thoughts for the people living in the streets during that particular time? Or do you think that do you think that the banning is somehow appropriate or definitely not? <laughs> okay. So uh, of course the uh, banning of soup kitchens back in 2014 by Tengku Adnan was quite a sensitive issue and it actually it created massive ripples even uh, among the NGO communities. Uh, so, of course, I didn't start Hunger yet at the time. Uh, I started mm -hmm. in 2016, but of course, uh, we were all quite aware of it. And um, there's actually what, what the public needs to understand is government has to balance the, uh, you know, the spoon feeding aspect of things. We don't want to spoon feed mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. uh, so as to they become dependent. But at the same time, we also have to ensure that we genuinely assist uh, those who are desperate, you see? Mm -hmm. But I, I really think on that decision per se, specifically, it, it lacked empathy and understanding of the causes of homelessness. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you so much, Elisa, for the beautiful insights with Faiz Santia about what urban poverty is. So, moving on to the next discussion. So, hi, my name is Anna. So, we are going to talk about the effects of urban poverty towards their lifestyle and education. So, how can we label someone as urban poverty from your experience? Usually, how is their lifestyle? Okay. So, uh, I think recently, back in 2019, the poverty line uh, uh, for... Sorry, poverty line income nationwide is uh, mm-hmm. around 980. And then for Sabah and Sarawak, it's a bit higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, because due to the cost of living in different cities. So, certain states, their cost of living is a lot lower than usually like us in KL. It's quite expensive to live here. So, mm-hmm. for me itself, I think anything be- below 2000 itself, like the B40 families, anything mm-hmm. family-wise that is below 2000 is not that enough. They have just enough. So if they're lucky, they get to stay in PPR, which mm-hmm. is only around 120 plus per month, 124 if I'm not mistaken. So goods are not getting cheaper. And you know, if the inflation uh, rises, uh, that's a big problem because uh, whatever you sell at the shops are not going to get cheaper. And yeah. also, you know, fuel costs. And then there's so many other costs that would actually... Uh, how to say, that will actually um, bring much more devastation lah, to yeah. these uh, families. Because from what I can see, generally, they they just live basic life. You know, they can buy stuff. But for example, if you want to buy, um, how to say, you want to buy tomato sauce, you would probably yeah. get from Prego and stuff. But they would buy the cheapest of the cheapest. You see, you get what I mean? Like, yeah. you just give to... Yeah, just, just enough. Huh? Okay, so urban poverty has been like one of the biggest problems in Malaysia, especially to youth, as you can see it. So how does urban poverty affecting their lifestyle and education? And do you think like in the future, will urban poverty grow as a bigger problem or not? Um, basically, basically, what I can say is if we don't educate upcoming generations, I'm always so focused on education and financial. So if we don't really educate upcoming generations or the current ones who are facing uh, urban poverty uh, about critical thinking skills and about saving money and about how to spend mm-hmm. and stuff. So I guess then, yes, perhaps it will be a continuous trend in the family, just as Fai said. So mm-hmm. when we uh, actually we did EduCamp uh, annually so that we can actually educate this uh, lower income group uh, kids to always strive for a better because I know at yeah. one time probably tertiary education would be so expensive for someone. Not everyone can afford tertiary education. Mm-hmm. So basically I was telling them, look, there's so many other ways for you to actually find money. There's, you have to be creative. You can sell stuff. There's so many ideas out there so you have to find your own style and also not miss out their studies like always finish your school that's the most important thing at least by SPM then that's enough you know oh right now it's not SPM right yeah <laughs> yeah so at least finish your your uh, secondary school and then uh, if you can't afford it's okay it's always okay don't be so stressed that everyone has a degree and you don't yeah, but yeah. you have to make a change for your family it's you it's on you A beautiful insight from Faiz and Tia for the segment 2 of the podcast. Now, we will continue with a quick PR promo. 
public relations program started in 1972. The outcome of this program focuses on producing public relations professionals who are passionate and able to contribute to the PR industry. The program is affiliated with the Institute of Public Relations Malaysia. This program is designed to equip graduates with both theoretical and practical aspects of public relations. Subject offered for this program is principles of public relation, writing in public relation, and many more. Furthermore, the Institute of Public Relations Malaysia Student Association is for the purpose of bringing together students from local university and private colleges that are interested in public relations. The association offers activities that help students to gain more knowledge and bond with one another, like an event, PR Fraternity Night, Industrial Insight, and many more. Now, we will proceed to the last segment of the podcast with Aisha. I believe Aisha has a lot to discuss with Faiz and Tia for the last segment of the podcast. Thank you so much, Anna. And hi, guys. I'm Aisha, and we have finally reached the last segment of this podcast. In this segment, we will be discussing some of the solutions that we can use to mitigate the issue of urban poverty. My first question is for Tia. Tia, during the 4th of May, after the government announced the Conditional Movement Control Order, many Malaysians went out to pawn their personal belongings to help them survive and sustain. People are becoming desperate. So, what do you think that they can do to ensure their survival at a time of crisis like this? This is what happens with people who don't start savings early. It's, it's always um, a concern for... Um, it's always a concern for especially like financial people that you need to have savings, even for businesses. You know, some businesses do complain, right, uh, about not wanting to pay their staff and whatnot. Okay. So basically, you have to have savings. But for these people, these less fortunate people, that they only have just enough, just enough cash in hand, so it's, it's quite tough for them. So I believe what can they do is they should, uh, if they have a car loan, they should refinance their loan and also they should recalculate their expenses and try to reduce costs. But you see, it's really hard to, you know, like tell them, oh, you should save in the first place. It's, it's quite, how to say, it's not quite the right thing to advise them. So I think uh, for the next, maybe if, if there is a next virus, I hope not, but uh, we should already, I mean, Malaysians should already start savings. Even those who actually earn a lot more than B40s, they don't save and they can't even pay their cars. So you see, it's, it's a tough, tough time, very tough time for everyone. But I think for these people, there's always option. People are still, purchasing power is still there, you know. People are still buying tudung, people are still buying uh, bajuraya. Uh, people are still buying food, especially food. If you can actually, uh, you know, uh, introduce your own food business, then it will be fine. Because sometimes, just as small as maybe selling uh, curry puffs for one ringgit, if you, if you can sell 10 a day, then you can get 10 ringgit per day. I, at least there's a little, there's some income for yourself. Thank you so much, Tia. So remember, guys, savings are really important and crucial, especially at a time of crisis like this. Always be mindful of what you spend on and only spend on things that you really need. My next question is for Faiz. Faiz, what do you think are the long-term solutions that we can follow to ensure that urban poverty and hunger will no longer be existent in Malaysia? Again, going back to the point, uh, making sure that um, cost of living is low, making sure that uh, you know housing is accessible, making sure that education is uh, affordable, for the B40 group, these are just some of the uh, you know, long-term solutions uh, that I think uh, has to be deployed. Yeah. 
this is a call to action maybe to all of the youngsters out there who are listening uh, to know that the poverty situation in Malaysia uh, is worrying and it's about to get worse post-COVID-19. So, of course, uh, youngsters like us, we have the energy and the passion that uh, our older generation usually does not have. So, um, it's amazing if we can use, we can channel this passion and energy towards eradicating poverty, which was why Hungets was established in the first place, because I truly believe in the power of youngsters, because I've seen the, uh, I've seen firsthand how the lives of these beneficiaries, are mostly uh, you know, older people who have families, the lives of these beneficiaries who are changed by the actions of uh, youngsters who join us. Wow, what an insightful session with Tia and Faiz. We now know how crucial savings are and that we really need to take care of one another because kita jaga kita. Now let's hear a few words from Tia before we wrap up this episode. Urban poverty is something which is uh, quite common in our surroundings. We see those living in hardships, those who always can't afford something they wanted even though priced reasonably those who starve themselves for their children and for me personally it is very heartbreaking to see children who can't pursue their dreams in education homeless kids who did not go to school parents who can't afford the tertiary education so uh, it is a, a standard mindset with everyone around that uh, with a degree you get a higher pay and better job and also we actually need to help uh, the community to empower themselves for a better future so many actions can be taken, not just by giving food, we may educate them, we may give them basic necessities. There's, there's a lot more other ways for people like us to actually help them, to push them forward. So even a small difference does make a big change. And it does elevate them a little bit, does bring them a little bit of shine, a little bit of sun, a little bit of happiness. So I think uh, everyone should try to get involved in helping other people it's just uh, how to say um, it is a very good experience for you in life and for those who are interested to join Hungerhoods you can just visit our Instagram and also our Twitter uh, it's H-U-N-G-E-R H-U-R-T-S-N-Y you can just DM us if even you see our members online uh, anywhere you can just DM me personally if you see my Instagram or you see my Twitter. You can just DM us to join us. We also have links on our bio where you can click and you can register. And then you can have a very good experience with our team. We're very organized and we really welcome new volunteers. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Alhamdulillah. That concludes the end of the last segment for this episode. Again, we would like to express our gratitude towards our guest speakers today from Hungerhertz, Faiz and Tia. You can follow them on Instagram at HungerhertzMY and feel free to talk to them. They have come up with many interesting ways for us to help the people in need. In a nutshell, we should always gain as much as knowledge as we can, educate yourself because by understanding, we will come up with solutions and emotional intelligence. This pandemic had surely affected everyone, but most importantly, from the poor and urban poverty. Lastly, we should also look back at these people as human beings. It is so important to understand that they are at a tough phase in your life, and by generally assisting these people, we can help make the world a better place. Thank you so much for your time in listening to reality, and be sure to stay tuned for the next episode. Assalamualaikum, and have a lovely day ahead.